sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. We're doing a series to start off this year entitled Religious Freedom in Transition. The election of Joe Biden marks a significant changing of the guard. So we're going to be taking a look back at the Trump era and, as we're able, looking forward to what to expect from a Biden administration. Our guest today is uh, my friend and colleague Richard Fulton, Religious Freedom Fellow at the Religious Freedom Center of the Freedom Forum, and also a fearless leader and chair of a Religious Freedom Committee at the American Bar Association, where we work together. Richard, welcome back to Freedom's Frank. Great to be with you, and don't demote yourself. You are the co-chair of that ABA committee. Well, and happy to serve with you. So, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with the positive. There have been some positives. I know you're a critic of some of the uh, initiatives of the Trump administration, but there have been some positive contributions. So why don't you start there and talk to us about some of the positive things you've seen coming out in the last several years from this administration. Glad to. And and it's good to start with the good news, absolutely. Much of it has to do with areas in which uh, the Trump administration maintained continuity with prior administrations on largely consensus issues uh, as to how we ought to regard and protect religious freedom. I'll just name a few of them. Uh, First of all, protecting the religious liberty interests of prisoners and of uh, religious communities that want to build houses of worship in the face of problematic zoning requirements. In both of these areas, which basically amount to enforcement of the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act, uh, the Justice Department under President Trump has continued uh, the vindication of these important religious liberty interests. Uh, they've also been continued to be effective, are effective in prosecuting hate crimes, uh, has spoken very strongly about the need to protect any victims of hate crimes, and you know, there are issues often involving uh, the LGBTQ community and their interests not necessarily being vindicated by the current administration, but when it comes to hate crimes, they have taken these very seriously, whoever they are aimed at, uh, and certain crimes against uh, religious institutions and individuals on the basis of their religious. And also, uh, you know, there's good work that the EEOC has continued to do in protecting religious liberty interests of employees, uh, where they need religious accommodation or otherwise subject to discrimination. So, you know, that's continued to be good news, and there's some very effective people on in the federal government uh, who continue to do good work in these areas. I also would highlight, to shift for just a moment to the international scene, uh, the State Department's ambassador at large for religious freedom, uh, Sam Brownback, has done admirable work in terms of uh, bringing attention to, and to the extent uh, you know, we're able to do so, to respond to uh, his persecution. And, uh, you know, a really notable thing has been their institution uh, two years ago of an annual ministerial, which brings together high-ranking officials from, from governments all over the world to discuss international industry issues. Uh, I was done in person at the State Department twice. Uh, this year, of course, it was done virtually over Zoom because isn't everything virtually over Zoom these days? Uh, but, but you know, that's also been an area where 
uh, administration system. Sure. So uh, I gather, though, that uh, you're also rather critical of this administration in its, uh, I would say, narrow approach of what constitutes religious freedom. Well, even narrow, overly expansive. It depends on how you look at it. Uh, but I think what it, what it comes down to is, you know, first of all, I want to talk about a larger phenomenon which we need to be concerned about, which is that the differences are so sharp of what protecting religious freedom means that in some quarters religious freedom has come to be seen and heard as anathema. It's not a good value. And, uh, and in fact, when I've been identified as a religious freedom fellow, I've had a couple of people who should know better, I think, ask me whether that means I'm one of these you know, far-right folks who, who want to have religious freedom concerns be vindicated at the expense of other important interests and rights that we have in our society. And my response to that has been, no, I'm one of these old-fashioned religious freedom who I believe that religious freedom is neither a liberal nor a conservative value, but inherently the American value. That we have. You know, I like that. Now I know how to characterize myself. I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, well, we're both old enough to be old-fashioned. <laughs> Never thought being old would be, uh, you know, a, a compliment. But yeah, we can remember the good old days, right? Right, right. So, you know, let me give an example of. of let me start by way of example with something that the administration did in 2019, uh, namely that they issued a post rule. Uh, this is, I don't want to get overly comp technical, but let me just mention the name of this program on the Department of Labor. It's called the Federal Contractor Compliance Program. And the purpose of that program is to ensure that contractors of the government don't engage in discrimination and are not entitled to those uh, contracts, cannot obtain those contracts, are not entitled to anything, but they, they can't obtain those contracts if they discriminate on any of the invidious characteristics that we're all familiar with, they race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, national origin. Uh, and so there was issued a proposed rule by the Department of Labor in 2019, which basically expanded exemption exists in that rule for religious institutions, so expanded it that organizations that we would not ordinarily consider to be religious institutions fell within that exemption. So in other words, they were begin, being given the right as employers to discriminate on the basis of religion in a way that contractors ordinarily cannot. And also, the uh, you know, in addition to that, the scope of the exemption, that is, when they're entitled to that exemption, was also expanded. So to really boil it down, what it means is that the, in the interest of protecting religious liberty interests of employers, and there is such a thing as religious liberty interests of employers, but it's so expanded that interest and that protection that employees we're now subject to discrimination on the basis of religion, uh, even when working for what are otherwise would otherwise would be seen as private, non-religious organizations. So, yeah, let, let me just drill down on that for a minute, Richard, because uh, I want to make sure our listeners understand. If you're a religious college university and you want to hire those of like-minded faith, that's perfectly appropriate, and the law generally protects the right of you know, religious bodies to make hiring and employment decisions on the basis of religion. But now what you're saying is companies that do business with the federal government that were not religious companies mm -hmm. were given the freedom to say, well, we're Christian or we're Muslim or we're Jewish and we want to hire 
or you know discriminate on the basis of our religion. We don't want to. Yeah. Um, we don't want to hire gays, or we don't want to hire blacks, or whatever. And that's part of our religious belief. Then they would be given a pass. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and frankly, and I know you know we worked on this issue for the American Bar Association. The problem, of course, is they may get a pass from the federal government for contracting purposes, but that doesn't mean they get a pass under state or federal law from civil liability potentially. So it it did sow some confusion for the uh, companies. So they may be led down the primrose path, thinking that this is something they're allowed to do. You're absolutely right, Alan. Uh, but the point I would, the specific point I want to make about this is that. You know, employees are supposed to be protected against religious discrimination, but as exact laws that you mentioned. So, for instance, it's a violation of the law for an employer to require its employees to attend worship services or to engage in religious study. That would be a Title VII violation. Title VII, of course, is a section of the Civil Rights Act that protects against discrimination on the basis of race, sex, religion. But I cite this case because it's really part of a larger point, which is, while it's an expansive reading of what religious liberty means in one context, religious freedom means in one context, it's also a narrow view vision of who needs to be protected. And in providing employers with this expansive right, employees, their rights and interests are being minimized. And this, I think, goes in general with where the administration has been, which is that it tends to want to vindicate corporate powerful interests versus the interests of, you know, kinds of people that need protection from employment discrimination. And so that's one, you know, one substantial critique I have of the administration is that they have, you know, this is how they have muted. And similarly, you know, in terms of protection of people who want to use a public accommodation or use services of business, that the administration, of course, weighed in in support of the Masterpiece Cake Shop in the case in which uh, LGBT, uh, LGBTQ couple, they didn't fall under all those rubrics, but certainly they, they fell under that categorization. Uh, were denied uh, by the bake shop owner. He refused to sell them a cake to be used at their wedding, and, and which would have required some actions on his part. And you know, so they sued. They sued for discrimination. And the Supreme Court has not resolved this case. This is still a pending issue. They resolved it based on on other issues altogether. The point is, the administration uh, came into that came into that case on the side of the, the bake shop owner. Now. You know, that's not to say that businesses don't have any religious freedom interests, and you could see a case where uh, a creative somebody who's being asked to work creatively to write a poem or, or create some music, there you might have other First Amendment issues. But the point here again is that the administration has time and again come into these issues and these cases in a way that has a very broad view vision of what religious rights entail vis-a-vis refusing services, refusing to do business with the public. And that's been another big issue with the administration. And just to clarify in that case, I think the question that the scholars debate is what constitutes protected speech? Because, you know, you have cases involving hairdressers doing hair for wedding or wedding photography, for example. In this case, you know, the denial of the cake took place before there was any discussion about putting some kind of uh, saying, some writing on the cake that would overtly be speech. So it was simply the act of creating some kind of cake, right? And whether... More specifically, the concern is about compelled speech, right. speech. Uh, 
speech. There, you know, there are cases saying coerced speech is a problem, you know, and uh, first, faces all kinds of First Amendment concerns. But there's also, and the ABA, I think, filed a, a good brief on, on this point, that you, you can't have a, you know, you, you can't say that any individual initiative that's taken with respect, with respect to providing a service amounts to a creative act that rises to First Amendment protections. Otherwise, these, these non-discrimination laws really could be swallowed up by the exception to the rule and become unenforceable. So it's a delicate balance, and I'm not even, I don't think the issue is to even get it right or wrong on the merits of Masterpiece Cake Shop. It's that this is, again, a reflection of the inclination of the Trump administration to watch out. And Masterpiece Cake Shop is not, not the big guy by any means. It's a very small business. But nevertheless, the interests of employees and consumers and the general public oftentimes seem to come second compared to these other business interests in our society. So we've got literally like 30 seconds left. Do you expect a change in direction from the Biden administration? I expect there will be. I mean, we don't know exactly what. It's very interesting when one looks at the materials that were provided by the campaign on the then candidates' positions on a range of issues, and the particular papers that were directed at, among others, the Catholic and Jewish communities, uh, the issues that they directed their attention to were not these kinds of church, state, religious freedom issues. They were other issues of concern to those communities. So I think in a way they, they were reserving their fire. We do know that the President-elect Biden has in the past spoken of his support for the Equality Act, uh, which is a broad bill that would bring welcome changes to civil rights laws generally by adding sexual orientation as a, as a protected category, but that basically says the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which is a religious freedom protecting piece of the legislation, uh, cannot be erect as a defense to the Equality Act. I gotta cut you off there, we're way over time. Our guest today has been Richard Fulton. This has been Freedom's Ring, friends. Until next week, don't forget, let freedom ring.